0: Hello and welcome to the Holistic Lifestyle Podcast
1: with your hosts, Keyshawn and Emily. The purpose of this podcast is to enlighten minds
0: and open eyes to the many elements that comprise a, a holistic, holistic lifestyle. lifestyle. On this initial episode, we'd like to share our stories and our journeys to embracing a holistic lifestyle. Starting with Emily. Hey Emily, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Pretty good, pretty good. It's it's uh it's a great day to be alive. I always say that.
1: So. It really is. Yeah. Yes, it's a great yeah. day to share our stories and hopefully Ask. inspire other people as far as you know where they are and show them that that things can always get better. Um, so let me just start by just sharing my story, my life story, how I got to where I am right now. Um, My childhood wasn't too crazy. I mean, I think having parents that were divorced in the early 80s wasn't all that abnormal. My mom definitely struggled, but she did provide us a lot of great homemade meals. We were a very active family, and my mom was even into natural foods and supplements to a degree at that time. I remember when we were probably, my brother and I, um, in our early teens, she got onto this blue green algae and she would, she would feed it to us. And in a capsule form, that was when I first learned to swallow capsules. And I, I really appreciated, you know, that, that she was mindful of those things more. So now looking back than then, then I just thought it was kind of crazy. Um, I know that when I was in, about sixth grade, I, we ran the mile and I beat everyone, but one boy. And it was at that time that I realized that I was, as I was gifted as an athlete. And in that day, you know, we were very focused on carbohydrates and, and just loading up on carbs before races and things like that. Um, so life kind of ticked on, you know, I just, I was really super active beyond just running track and cross country. And the things didn't get, I would say, traumatic for me until I was in my really formative ages, around um, 11, 12 years old, when we started going to what was later investigated as a cult. And this church just kind of gave me a very traumatizing framework with which to see life and things and why do
0: you say traumatizing what what was traumatizing about it
1: well it was very focused on just how narrow the road to god was like it just made god out to be this monster that if you didn't you know believe exactly the way that they prescribed that you would be separated from God eternally and just tormented. And um, the the pastor would literally foam at the mouth sometimes. Like you could wow. see the <laughs> still life. Yeah. It was really quite disgusting, but um, it's, it's important to understand where my mind and how my mind was being shaped during those formative years. Um, then, you know, by the time I was 14, I, I was raped by a friend's older brother, and then shortly on the heels of that, I, I began began dating an older guy who was narcissistic, abusive, manipulative, like you name it. And then I got out of that relationship, and and during that transition out of that relationship, I had lost my my active and healthy roots, you could say, Um, because of the fact that I was my fastest during the short time period before puberty. um, And I was also really academically gifted. I kind of came to a fork in the road where I had to choose one or the other. So Um, I chose to pursue academics, which took me out of my school environment, which was why I wasn't able to continue on the athletic path, which I was already a little bit turned off to because the harder I would work, I I wasn't getting any faster. Fastest day of my life was the day before I turned 15. I ran a 5k in like 16 and a half minutes. And from there, you know, it was, I just got slower, you know, I was becoming a woman. So it was what it was. For sure but um, that that academic path at least gave me the the confidence to uh, the confidence to stand on my own a little bit because I wasn't surrounded by my peers anymore. I was do I was really doing my own thing, and despite the fact that I was in a very controlling relationship, I was still able to thrive to a point to where I was able to leave that relationship. So that was junior year, I did a mentorship program. And throughout that time, I wouldn't say I was unhealthy. I guess I was unhealthy in some ways. I remember my mom used to say, I don't know what happened to the light in your eyes. And what she didn't know was what I had gone through as a 14 year old. And then in that relationship, I just tried to hide everything, even though they would they would see the effects. They just, they couldn't really do anything about it at that time. So fast forward to senior year of high school, I um, was able to get into college. And so I I'd opted for a free year of college. And I was planning on going to the college that my boyfriend at the time was attending because he was older than me. And this weeks before school started, I just had I had just reached a point where I was, like, looking forward in my life and thinking, is this an individual that I would want to live my entire life with? And I thought, it's going to be hard to – the breakup process, I can tell, is going to be challenging, but it's going to be worth it. So I did – I broke up with him, and then I started school. And for some reason, I was very drawn to – to some kids in the in the college it was Augsburg College in Minneapolis and they had a sober program and I was very drawn to the kids that were in that recovery program and I just found that I really appreciated the Authenticity—I felt like a lot of them had. They were very vulnerable with what they had gone through, and a lot of them had gone through things that made them mature to a place where that was really beyond their peers. Because their peers were out, you know, partying and and things like that. So, I think I had a a certain depth even at that time. Um, that was probably a little bit unusual compared to my peers. I always really. I always genuinely cared about other people and like wanted the best for them and and wanted to do what I could do to like help them. Um, And that's actually where I met my first husband. Um, So I completed that year, you know, started dating my ex-husband and I had only gotten about a half a scholarship to the same college for the following year. And I knew I could do better as far as scholarships went. And my ex-boyfriend was such a problem at the college that year while I was there that I just felt like it would be better that I was, if I went to a different place. So ex-husband and I pulled out a map, crossed out states we didn't want to live in, decided we wanted to kind of be by ocean, mountains, ended up in Virginia. So I applied at Old Dominion University. I got a full scholarship there and we moved out there, you know, 18, freshly graduated from high school and you know, finished the first year of college. I didn't step foot at my high school on, on my senior year because I was just on the college campus. But um, after graduation, relocated, and shortly after relocating to Virginia, my brother was murdered back in Minnesota, and that that was definitely a turning point in my life. Right. And I really I had such a solid foundation in, in fitness, I know that like the years that I ran and wakeboarded and snowboarded and all those things like that was such a great emotional outlet for me. Um, at that time, I didn't, I had no idea that you stored trauma in your body or that that the things that you went through like that really affected you on a physiological level. Um, I just knew that it made me feel good. And I loved pushing myself and seeing, you know, what I was capable of. And so once I got news of my my brother being murdered, you know, of course we went back to Minnesota and and went through that process of, you know, the funeral and everything. And we did go ahead and go back to Virginia and I made it through my first semester of college there. Um, but by the time, you know, the first semester wrapped up, we just really felt like we needed to go back to Minnesota and just be with my family. And I had been introduced to Adderall in my senior year of high school, first year of college and would use it occasionally because it it allowed me to... Focus. To focus, but also to work three jobs and to just do, just to keep my plate so super full and just need less sleep. So it was not a sustainable answer by any stretch, but I really wasn't super health conscious back then. It was more, you know, just trying to... Um, just trying to do it all. So once I... Once I got back to Minnesota and I, I was living in the reality of, like, what had happened with my brother, I I, I got very attached to the Adderall. It's a very addictive substance. And yeah. so for me, that was something I, I definitely struggled with um, for a few years after that.
0: Yeah. So it, we've got a lot to unpack here uh, <laughs> because I, I know you said in the very beginning that, you know, when you were 14, you were... Uh, molested, uh, raped. And, yeah, raped. and, uh, I wanted to go back to that because I, I really want like the audience to really understand, you know, um, the effects of it and how it affected you and, and how you ultimately overcame it. And, you know, I think, you know, this story can possibly save, you know, thousands of lives, even if it saves one life, you know, I, I think telling this story uh, would mean a lot to our audience. So, you know, if you can go back, you know, and uh, get a little granular with what, how it affected you and, you know, cause I, from my understanding, you had two traumatic events. You were raped at 14 mm-hmm. and at 18, your brother died when you went on to Old Dominion. Yeah. Uh, in Virginia, correct?
1: And I, honestly, I would say I had three traumatic events because the relationship that I was in for a few years in between the rape and the murder of my brother, um, it really it really was a traumatizing experience. I mean, I still, to this day, have, have dreams about that individual, and um, I still feel like I'm working through some of that. So when I was, you know, 14, I... Sex was really the last thing on my mind. You know, I was I was a child. I was I was really enjoying a time of of feeling. Um, I don't know what the right word is. I was a very gifted athlete. I was the first athlete in my grade to get a letter, and you know, I was running varsity in seventh grade, and I was just in like the glory years, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so that experience really was. Um, it was like hitting a huge brick wall and it was, I just felt so much shame and embarrassment and disgust and I even got to a point where I just kind of tried to, I tried to tell myself that I didn't really care. I think I also just went numb. You know, that's a, a protective nervous system type of response as well. Was there
0: ever a time where you reached out to a professional and you really like dealt with that? Because, you know, and I think we talk about it off, you know, uh, off camera all the time or, you know, when we're not you know, recording about actually feeling it. You know, because in order to Mm. feel, in order to heal it, we must feel it, right? So, during that time, were you able to, you know, just really, you know, go through that uh, process of feeling it and then kind of getting over that hump and talking to somebody, and you know, a therapist or something like that. Were you able to do that?
1: I don't think I had the base level of. Safety to truly go through that process. To my, you know, ex-boyfriend's credit, he did bring me to a counselor at like a Planned Parenthood or something shortly after the experience. Um, But I, I don't think I truly fully healed if you ever do fully heal from any trauma you go to. I mean, I think there's always layers to it. And there's certain Mm -hmm. things where it comes up and you're like, Okay, well, that's an interesting feeling. Um, I wonder how I wonder what this is supposed to teach me right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I I truly feel very healed from a lot of what I've gone through. And but that particular at that particular time, I just I just didn't have, because I didn't tell anybody. I told my ex-boyfriend, I told the, the guy's sister and I didn't, I didn't really have any true support in the healing process of it. Um, And because of what my parents told me when I was a, a child, you know, like if anyone ever did anything to you, that type of stuff, which I now know, that that's actually not helpful. I know they meant well. You know, they were just saying, "I love you so much, and and I will protect you. I don't care what I have to do." And I, I get that as a parent, and I agree with that. But you, when you say that to a child, it makes them feel unsafe to go to you with those things because the last thing I wanted was to be like the center of attention for being a victim. Right. You know, that was not appealing sure. at all. So
0: for sure. So fast forwarding to uh, when you graduated and you went to Old Dominion, you got accepted into Old Dominion for what scholarship?
1: I had a full academic scholarship. Full academic
0: scholarship. Cool, cool. Any specific major?
1: At that time, that's funny. At that time, I thought maybe political science. And then after my brother was murdered, I thought, well, maybe I'll go into grief counseling because, you know, maybe I can help someone else who goes through this. A horrific sure. experience Yeah Um. But really I didn't know You know I just I didn't know I was just in the throes Of survival mode right. It was just Honestly so many So many years Of survival mode I feel I feel like my You know even when my mom Was raising us Like she was in survival mode So that's what we thought It was Right You know we had times Where we just go on bike rides And just have fun as As a family My mom brother and I And things like that But um. um Survival mode was, and probably, I wouldn't say is now, but was primarily and predominantly what yeah. I was used to living in. Right.
0: flight or fight, fight or no. flight or yeah. freeze. Right, fight you know. or flight. So you know, m- you know, moving ahead, would you say? Because uh, a lot of times our experiences are used They usually have a connection to our purpose.
1: I agree Later on
0: in our lives. When, yes. you, when, You know, of course, when we look back and, you know, it's kind of like a 2020 vision and, you know, you, you can look back and say, oh my gosh, you know, even though, you know, that happened to me, you know, you know, it's, it's almost as if it happened for me so that I can be a, a vessel for the next person. Uh, so w- would you say that, like just looking back in your life and
1: I don't we, want to we, we, <laughs> where
0: you are now? <laughs>
1: um, I don't know. I wrestle with that. I wrestle with the, I guess the theology of that. But if what I went through can help anyone, please, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, that's anything redemptive about those type of experiences I'm so open to. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know the, the why's or the what's necessarily, but it is what it is. And, the whole trauma is a part of the human experience. Um, hearing that just kind of made me feel a little more normal. You know, right. I'm at the point in my healing journey where, when when someone asks me about my brother and what happened, I stop and I just almost say a prayer for that person because it's. I think it's traumatizing for people to like hear the story and the details. And I. I take that into consideration because I don't want to traumatize other people with it, but it's all true. It's all, that's, it's just, that's the story. So.
0: Well, yeah, like I said earlier, we, sometimes we have to be vessels of, you know, uh, healing, right? Yeah. The only way, the only way somebody can heal sometimes is hearing another story, you know, by another individual who actually went through that.
1: Yeah, that's so so true. Because I think sometimes we'll use our traumas as, and I don't want to say an excuse, but kind of as an excuse to stay stuck in unhealthy patterns and things like that. And so when you can hear that someone else went through that and they were able to get free, like I know Adderall is huge for people. Mm -hmm. Um, I got free from that in my early 20s, thank God. And it was very very hard and and that's part of what pulled me into the holistic lifestyle because i thought in my early 20s i was like i have always had ridiculous amounts of energy and um and i feel like crap and so i started researching what can i do to just help me feel good again Mm -hmm. so that i can you know, move forward with my life and and be more healthy. Because at that time, you know, I'd had my first my first child. Um, I got married to that boyfriend I met in in um, Augsburg. And we by the time I got back to Minnesota, um, you know, found out we were pregnant with our first child and things like that. And the seeds were planted throughout my whole life for this path of of health and, and just holistic living. And with that pregnancy brought a lot of curiosity about the human body and like what is the best way and, and things like that. And at about 32 weeks I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a home birth with a midwife and I'm gonna, you know, breastfeed and we're just gonna do things all naturally. And, you know, even while I still was struggling with my own things that weren't necessarily the healthiest, like Adderall, but there was a lot of other things that where I I was starting to lay the foundation for a much healthier lifestyle.
0: And you were 24, you said, right?
1: Um, When I got married, I was 18. And then I got pregnant at 19 and had my daughter a few weeks after I turned Twenty.
0: I guess 19. I guess what I was trying to figure out is yeah. when did that journey really start from like, you know, uh, the
1: holistic, li- the journey. holistic
0: approach and you, you, you started.
1: I would say, know. OK, so actually it was before it was before I even got pregnant. It was that that in between time of like after my brother was murdered, because here's what happened. I started having all sorts of physical symptoms after losing my brother like that and even after the rape but I just didn't I didn't it wasn't so severe that I had to address it so the things that started coming up around the age of 17 18 was or I should say 18 19 um, I was having pain in my right upper abdominal area and it would get really severe and so I went to, I remember this one time in particular, I went to the hospital to like the ER and this doctor that looked like Tom Cruise, um, he was insisting on doing a pelvic exam. And I was like, no, it's not, it has nothing to do with like my female organs. It's like, it's in my diet, it's here. And I would show him and, I just—he insisted on doing it, and I—that was another thing. Like I felt so violated by that because right. that was not—they well, that was—that wasn't it, right. you know. And it, was, it wasn't it was until I went to a massage therapist who was trained in craniosacral therapy and all these other alternative therapies, she was a master of her craft. Mm-hmm. And she told me, you know, look, it's your iliocicle valve between your large and small intestine. And when you go through um, a major stress event or something like that, it can get stuck open or stuck closed and it can cause a lot of pain. And then she did this, you know, this movement and and released it within seconds and so i walked out of there and i can't tell you how many times that woman laid her hands on me in some way shape or form and healed me of what i was going through and explained it to me and so that was when i learned that there is a connection between the things that we go through and experience and the things that we experience physically it's all connected we're integrated beings and that was ultimately why I became a massage therapist myself. That's one of the you know many licenses and certificates that I hold, uh, because I wanted to be able to help other people in that, to get freedom from stuff like that and not, you know, I'd been let down so many times by the allopathic medical community. The Tom Cruise doctor, you know, the Adderall doctor, I went back to him, I was like, look, I just want to let you know, like this was, this really became a problem for me. And he was like, well, I'm on the board of Adderall and like, it's perfectly safe and so on and so forth. Uh, The guy's not in practice anymore. So I don't know how that all went, but you know, I'm not saying that all doctors are, are bad. I love, I love doctors. I have several that I work with in in various capacities, but for me, that was not my path to becoming more whole and healed.
0: So, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, another experience that led to your purpose. That's right. What you're doing right now.
1: That is exactly right.
0: That's really good. Absolutely.
1: Yep. So that's, you know, that's probably the most profound part of my story, I feel like. Um, I've, of course, gone through things in between uh, then and now. Um, you know, I stayed married to that individual for about 15 years. And then throughout that marriage, there was a whole lot of of spiritual manipulation, I would say, and, um, you know, just traumas of their own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all bad. Ever, all those years weren't bad. I was able to have three wonderful children. I had home births, was able to raise them in a holistic manner. They're super healthy, smart, wonderful children I just can't believe I'm now blessed with you know six total four that I gave birth to and um you know that's just there's there's the blessings and there's the challenges Uh, but I I still had a lot more learning to do and in in having to grow into myself I had to leave that marriage of 15 years and there was major trauma that I would compare to, sure. you know, I would compare the level of trauma to the early traumas because the, that was the last thing I ever wanted to go through. But now I look at my life and I, I'm, I'm just super grateful for where I am. I'm with a, a partner that's just couldn't be more perfect for me. And, um, you know, I don't consider any of those things like mistakes, um, and through the course of those years, as I was having children and stuff, I started working in the natural health field. I worked with naturopaths and chiropractors and I got, you know, certifications in nutrition, personal training, yoga. Um, did a lot of apprenticeship type work with within the practices I worked at and just continued to just learn and grow and and because ultimately, you know, I was trying to heal myself and take care of my family, but I always knew that I wanted to pass along and and pay it forward as well. So
0: for sure, yeah, yeah that's a great story. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure we're gonna talk about many other stories, but you know, yeah,
1: good you know, intro like at least. This, you know, this is the, <laughs>
0: this is the initial episode. You know, where we share our journeys and stuff yeah. like that, and and you know, pretty much. You know, how it led up to, you know, everything as far as embracing, uh, you know, a holistic lifestyle. So, yeah, uh, it's a great story.
1: Thank you.